Good morning, everyone. You can get ready for the word, which we're going to look at in just a minute. You can open your Bibles to the very first page, Genesis 1. We're going to be there. But first, I want to say how happy I am to have every one of my visiting family members here this morning. Everybody on this side of the church is related to me in some way or another. And one on this side of the church is, she's on the wrong side. I don't know what happened with her, but uh, we'll forgive her anyway. And as Cindy said, this was our cousins weekend to get together. I think this is the, our second annual or biannual, whatever it was. We try to do this a couple times a year. And so my sisters are cousins with those sisters. And then there's a whole bunch of other cousins added to the mix. So we're happy for all of you that are here. Yes, I gave Don a task because I forgot to email it to him with all the wonderful company that we've had. I want to look at a subject this morning. I feel like the Lord has um, streamlined this message a bit from what I had intended. And I'm not sure the reason why, because I feel like it's important to talk about that topic at one point, but I don't think today will be that, top, that, that point that we talk about that. But we have two aspects of the creation that I want to talk about this morning. And my voice is almost gone. I don't know what's uh, the deal. Pray for my voice, please. Two aspects of the creation this morning. Basically, that, comp that makes the composition of a Christian. In other words, without these two aspects, we wouldn't have the standing with God that we do. And one of those is that we are made in his image. Amen? We are his likeness. He created us to be like him in so many ways. God's blessing is the second thing that we want to look at. So as I said, if you would turn to Genesis 1, I think that's, that might be it right there. One of those. It's the same. Yeah. If you would turn to Genesis 1, the very beginning point of it all, isn't it? I don't think I've ever talked from this from this particular chapter before, but we're going to attempt it today. And Father, I ask that you would graciously bless and anoint this word, that you would touch my throat. Father, I pray that you would touch everyone in this building, and I do want to pray for people at the end of this service. And if you want prayer, I want you to be willing to come forward and let the Lord touch you because I believe he's here and he will. We're going to look starting in verse 20. On day five, the Bible says that God held a planning session with the divine trinity because he said, let's do this. Let's means 
a bunch of us are going to do this. And in God's case, it was three of them, the divine trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And in verse 22, God blessed them. What did he bless in verse 22? The animal kingdom. He had created all the animals. And he said to them, to the animals, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters and the seas and the air. And that was the conclusion of day five. Now we're going to pick up verses 26 and read. And once again, God held a planning session with the Divine Trinity team. And God said in verse 26, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them, man, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the cattle over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Now, I will stop right here and say a couple of things. One, I watch fishing shows all the time because I love fishing. I don't love um, bait necessarily, but I love fishing. My husband did not. He got seasick just about every time we went on a boat. So fishing wasn't not, was not something that I was able to do. But I know when I get to heaven, God has a boat and he has a lake prepared for me. And I'm going to go fishing when I get to heaven. If you want to come, you can come. But I'm going to catch big fish. Secondly, the fowl of the air. Doug loves to go duck hunting. I think ducks are ugly and I think they taste horrible. But he loves ducks. God can give him a nice gun, and he can go shoot the fowl out of the air. I think we all say we love beef, and God gave us, I'm saying this for a purpose this morning, God gave us dominion over the creation that he created and blessed for the furtherance of man. Now, man has tainted that, and man has twisted that around. But God's intent was that he gave us all of this for our benefit, our body's benefit. Amen? Amen. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Verse 28, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, the man that he created in his own image, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God saw, verse 31, everything that he had made, and behold, it was good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. I'm going to read you a couple of excerpts out of 
Matthew Henry's commentary about this section of the Bible. Number one, that man was made last of all the creatures. Have you ever thought of that? God created everything that was before he created man. And Matthew Henry's commentary says that this should not be suspected that had man in any way had any part in the creation. God had it all taken care of without man getting involved in the creation. If you remember the book of Job, in the book, in the book of Job chapter 38, and God said to Job, where were you, Job, or any of your kind when I laid the foundations of the earth? Who determined its dimensions and who stretched out the surveying lines of it? And what supports its foundations? And who laid the cornerstone as the morning stars sang together and the angels cried for joy? It was not Job, was it, or any other man. And Matthew Henry said that while God had fun in the creation of the world, and you can see this again this morning, this was not fun, and I told Don, it is not in the pastor's job description to pick up bugs off the floor, okay? That's just not in my job description. So Danny very graciously did that again this morning, and I will be calling Mrs. Bugfree first thing in the morning, believe me. But God had fun in the creation of the world. This is Matthew Henry's writing, and in the animal kingdoms. But it was with far more wisdom and power that man was made. And he took this, this work into his own hands, unlike the commands that he gave to the waters to bring forth their life and to the air to bring forth its life. God himself took the command over creating the man. And man was to be different from all other created things for in him would be housed the very breath of God himself. God did not breathe into any of those animals. He said, let them be and let life come into them. But into man he put his own breath. Amen? Man bears the closest likeness to God of all the creation, his very image. And Matthew Henry says it like this, it's like seeing the king's impression on a coin, or it's like his image, but it isn't his essence. But with God, he put his essence in man having his nature and his constitution, his soul he put into man. Yet between man and God remained a vast chasm that man couldn't cross without a redeemer, without a savior. And God sent his son 
to do that. The Bible says that the Word was made flesh. You know Jesus was the Word. And he dwelt among us and God blessed us in that his Son was clothed with a body like ours. Let me say that again. God said, let us create man in our image, the image of God and his Son first, and then he created the body that Jesus had on this earth like us. What a blessing for us. I think that's a wonderful thing. And he put the essence of him in whose likeness we were created. And we know that this is our understanding, it is our will, and it is our active power. That is the image of his soul that we bear in us. God gave man power and authority over all the creation that he made, dominion over it to the point that the Bible says God appointed them to serve man. God's likeness includes his purity, his rightness of conduct, his moral virtue, his pursuing good and eschewing evil in all forms. Don mentioned the Bible says, I know probably five, six times, that God hates scales that are unjust and scales that are weighted one way and not equally weighted. He doesn't uh, like that because he is pure and his rightness of conduct. The wisest King Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 7.29, But this one thing I have found, God created man to be virtuous, but they've each gone their own downward path. The Bible told us that God made male and female, and that he blessed them with fruitfulness and with increase in all things. Adam first from the earth itself and then he created Eve the woman from Adam's side he used the earth itself to create the man but he created the woman from the man that he had already created and he blessed them as a union as a couple and his blessing included fruitfulness with man, he created one being. Think about this. One. Adam was one man. And then he created the mate to go with him. And yet, with all of the other animals, it was not so. He created pairs. He created couples, unions, that they may procreate and replenish the earth on their own. But with man, he made us in his likeness. Adam first, then created Eve and said, they too shall become one. Kind of different math, isn't it? With the animal kingdom, he created two. And they, some stay together for life. Eagles stay together for life unless something happens to one or the other. Then they find another mate. 
for the rest of their life. And with God, he put man as one, created Eve, and blessed them with fruitfulness and said they will become one and they shall cleave to each other. Though we do not provide for the animal kingdom, for God does this himself, he gave us dominion and power over them. You ever wonder why animals are afraid of you? That, that bug that was down here tried to run away, and I put a cup over him so he couldn't get away. They're afraid of you because God gave us dominion, but I don't want to get close to them anyway. So it was God's plan that man be fruitful and be blessed in all things from the very beginning because he created us in his own image to be virtuous, to be vital to the earth and vigorous in producing fruit. And he blessed the man with every blessing needed to succeed. During all of our lives, we grow grow things. I'm not good at growing gardens. I'll just tell you, I'm not. I'm good at growing hair. I can grow hair all day long. That just keeps coming and coming. But certain things, God has given us the ability to grow and to develop And we keep the dominion over the earth so it doesn't get out of control. Is that right? We don't want uh, fierce and wild animals in in our living spaces. We keep them at bay with whatever means God has given us to do so. We set things in order. We put schedules around things. Our families, our households, and our jobs. We also keep our animals cared for. You know the Bible talks about people who do not care for their animals or mistreat them. I don't have any because I'm allergic to all of them. But if I did, I would feed it and care for it and water it. But it's because we are made in his image and we have his nature in us that we care for these things. Now, I want to take a little bit of a different turn here because Galatians 5.22 helps us recognize some of these other types of fruits and blessings. 5.22 in Galatians says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against these things there is no law. Did you know that you have all those things in you as the image of God? Because we are his image, we have these things through the Holy Spirit but we are also human. Those are spiritual things and personality things that we grow and we develop and we want to strive to attain. But we are also human, as some pointed out this morning. We become frail. We're subject to things in our environment. 
And these things can weigh us down and drain out some of that virtue, some of that blessing, some of that nature of God. And his likeness might become a little dimmed within us. Sometimes I just pray, Lord, I'm tired. I'm just one person. What can I do to bear fruit now? We tend to see fruit in the Christian world as those we've, loved, we've uh, won to the Lord. Lord, I haven't won that many people one-on-one -on -one to lay at your feet as fruit. And if I didn't do so well producing in my youth, how can I possibly be fruitful now? Have you ever thought these things? I certainly have. Is there anything that I can do for God, for my family, for the part of the earth over which I have dominion now? Could you turn to one more scripture? Look at John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, and look at verse 16. We read what those fruits of the Spirit are. The very first one was love. Jesus said in John 15, 16, You did not choose me. I chose you, and I appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, and that your fruit would remain, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. This I command you, that you love one another. Well, that's something I can do. I can love one another. I can tell you this morning there's not one of you here that I don't love, that's for sure. And I can still pray for those around me, no matter how frail or alone or isolated I might feel at times. And I can pray that they remain strong, that that fruit that I love and that I pray for and that I care for, that that fruit remains strong. It's his promise. He prayed it for us. And that they bear fruit in their lives. That's how you propagate. I tried to propagate a tomato plant. It's the pitifulest looking thing, if pitifulest, is that a word? It's pitiful looking. It's got a few little flowers on it, but it's real droopy. I hope my spiritual fruit turns out much better. And I'm not just talking about my children. I adore them, and I'm so very proud of them. But I'm talking about the fruit that I have borne in prayer the fruit that I have borne in love and patience and all those things that God put in us as his nature and his reflection. 
Psalm 92, and I'll be closing in just a minute. Psalm 92, verse 11 through 15, says, My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies, and my ears have heard the defeat of my wicked opponents. But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted into the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of the Lord. And they even in old age, if you're looking at Psalm 92, verse 14, and even in old age, now what are we talking about here? Trees or the godly? We're talking about the godly. They will still produce fruit. Stay with me here a minute. They will remain vital and green. What fruit are we talking about? They will declare, the Lord is just. He is my rock, and there is no evil in him. No, I won't become young again, but as godly do, as the Bible tells us, the godly will remain vital and green in the courts of the Lord, transplanted into his house, and we will speak the fruit the Lord is just, he's my rock, and there's no evil in him. That's our fruit, even in an older age, because it is about him. The fruit's about him. It's not about us or our abilities or any such thing related to us. He's already blessed us with fruitfulness and his blessing. And Jesus himself appointed that our fruit shall remain. And even in old age, he's provided a way for us to be fruitful. We can speak it. We can say, his goodness never fails. He's my rock and I can stand upon him. He is a just God and he will see justice in this land, from the beginning of this book to the end, fruitful and blessed by the Lord our God. Would you stand with me? And if you want prayer, make your way down because I do want to pray for you. Actually, that's okay. Just forget the, forget it. We'll, we'll, we'll bypass the narr narration. We'll do it another time. Father, I just thank you for this word today. I thank you, God, that you made us in your own likeness. That you didn't make us, Lord, like the animals that just 
They, they bear their young. They just have a life. But you breathed your breath of life, your eternal life into us. And God, you blessed us with fruitfulness of all kinds, fruitfulness in body, fruitfulness in this land that you gave us to have dominion over. And God, I pray right here and now that you give us wisdom about our environment. God, you created it. Your word went on in Job to say that you gave the waters of the ocean the order of how far it can come and no further. And you control those things, Lord. You control the tides. You control the temperatures. You do it all in your hand as you did from the beginning when you spoke them into existence. Lord, we look to you to set it right. We hear many things, Lord, oh, that, that we're causing so many problems. But I pray, oh God, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you break that bondage that's been put upon us and let us see and rejoice in your creation what you've created what you had fun creating, Lord, and what you made for our benefit. And I'm asking now, Lord, that the power of the Holy Spirit, your healing touch, Lord, would fall upon these that want prayer, Lord, that would come before us and ask that the elders would lay hands upon them, Lord, and that they would be healed. And we want to do that now. So if you want prayer, make your way this way because I'm going to pray, we're going to pray, and the Lord will touch you.